I'm Trillia Newbell, and this is Stories of Sacred Endurance, a podcast about persevering in Christ through the ups, downs, challenges, heartbreaks, and journey of life. Every episode, we will talk to a fellow saint who can teach us something important about enduring in the faith. Harold Smith joined Christianity Today in 1984 and served as the president of the magazine from 2007 to 2019. He serves on boards and is grateful to have taught an adult Sunday school class. He is a faithful member of College Church in Wheaton, Illinois, and has been married for about 46 years. You have... um, endured many years of ministry and so many of us are floundering and I was I just want us to be encouraged in the faith and think that you will be able to do that so how did you come to know the Lord how did you come to know the Lord and how long have you been a Christian <laughs> well how long I would say almost forever uh, I was raised <laughs> in a <laughs> yeah I was raised in a really a dynamic Christian home uh, this is gonna sound so cliched but I had a, a, an awesome mom and dad. Uh, yeah, they, they talk the talk, but they truly walk the walk. In fact, I, you know, if, if people who knew my mom and dad knew that there was a presence there, and obviously that presence was Jesus Christ, yeah. uh, they had a love and a conviction for any and everyone. Hmm. Uh, our front door was a revolving door. So, you know, I would watch this and really individuals who would come in and just talk to my mom and dad, they had seen them somewhere and they wanted to just talk to them. So I realized, obviously, the driving motivation behind their lives was Jesus Christ. So uh, I accepted Christ as a young boy, probably six or seven, was baptized at eight. And I raised that because uh, that was really a Holy Spirit moment for me. I, uh, I really, <laughs> I was eight years old, but I really felt the Spirit of God literally lifting me up and uh, carrying me to the front of the church hmm. uh, to uh, basically make a profession of faith and ask to be uh, baptized. In fact, I still remember the hymn that we sang as I was uh, being basically lifted up. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Hmm. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting and still, and probably botching up the verse, but that hymn has spoken to me ever since that time. The whole idea of watching, mm-hmm. waiting, uh, and actually doing it in stillness uh, to see what God is up to in your life. And then I recommitted myself as a soft, uh, freshman at the University of Michigan. You know, I was so encased in a dynamic Christian home that once I was on my own, I realized I had to make this faith my own. Yeah. And so I did that at the University of, uh, of Michigan. So, you know, that, that was really the, the beginning of my faith walk. I probably should add one other thing since we're talking about endurance yeah. and perseverance. Um, when I was, I don't know, 14, 13, I was diagnosed uh, as a type 1 diabetic. Now, those were the, uh, the dark ages for diabetic care. Right. So type 1, um, you know, it was really strange. And I was a, a really a, a killer in the United States at the time. And I can still remember four years into it, my mom and dad would pray for my healing. I would pray for my healing. And I remember one day taking my glass syringe, I took three shots a day, throwing it against the wall and just shaking my fist at God. What are you up to? Why are you doing this? And I can tell you, Trillia, I heard his voice. 
And he said, look, Harold, I don't want you to pray that prayer anymore. I am with you. My grace is sufficient. And uh, I will use your diabetes as I will use you. So rely on me. And I remember walking out into the living room and my mom and dad were sitting there. And I told them, mom and dad, you can't pray that prayer anymore. And my mom goes, why? I said, well, it sounds weird. I just heard God's voice. And this just tells you how my parents were. They looked at me and they said, well, if you heard God's voice, then you heard God's voice. You will never pray that prayer again. And I would say part of the perseverance, if there is perseverance that has characterized my life, has been watching God use this diagnosis in my life to minister to so many people, even as he has kept me strong for this race. I absolutely I think God does he uses suffering it's it's in the scriptures that he is going to Oh absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, so absolutely. And you know, it's interesting Trulia. I think one of the challenges to our endurance is this and of course this is we're inculcated with this by the culture. Um you know, uh, we want things now, so when we're praying to God, heal me now. This is a bad thing. Get rid of it now. And, and we're just so locked into the here and now that we're not allowing God to work in and through us. And really by doing that, not only demonstrating our weakness, but showing his great strength. I mean, he is God. So even in our weakness, and of course, the Apostle Paul saw this, even in our weakness, obviously, he demonstrates the wonder of his power. And uh, so at an early age, God really wrapped himself around me with that diagnosis. And I'll tell you what, it's a day-to-day thing. So what is it, 50 plus years later, uh, I still have to deal with it every day, the ups and downs of that. But God has time and again been faithful. And that motivates me to continue pressing on. Amen. Amen. He has been faithful. There is something about looking back to, to look forward, right? Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, you know, it's the whole idea, and, and I think it's in Joshua, the stones of remembrance. I mean, there's a reason why those stones were placed, and that is when you see those stones, you'll recall the, how God has worked in and through, in that case, the community, but also individuals. And, you know, my life, your life, Trillia, it was just filled with these stones of remembrance that, frankly, at times, especially when we find ourselves walking in the valley and it's like, I can't endure much longer. Mm-hmm. I have to stop and start recounting all the times God has carried me. Yes. And uh, so that gives me great strength. Uh, again, <laughs> I'm fallible. But it's kind of weird talking about running the race now because Lord willing, I still have some time to, to run which means that there'll be times to be frustrated, times to be exhausted, probably times to stumble more than a few times. But through it all, God is faithful, and he is really carrying me. This is his race. Yes. He's calling me to run. So it's by his power that we do that. Absolutely. And this this whole, this podcast and the book that I wrote that's kind of based, this podcast is based on, is all about us in, who are in the middle of our race. So how do we endure yeah, yeah. while we're in the middle of our race? So none of us have finished. <laughs> well, other, exactly. otherwise we'd be no, rejoicing no. in heaven together. But <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so we're still all running together. But 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 so it is, there's something that keeps us going and it is Jesus. Jesus says he'll finish the good work he began and setting our affection and our eyes on 
um, exactly. Jesus and the prize. Exactly. And from all appearances, your life has been marked by faithfulness. You are been married for 40 years, and correct me if any of this is wrong, but you've been married for 40 yeah, years. I have to correct you on that one. Actually, Jude and I have been married almost 46 years. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. And then you were at Christianity Today from 1984 to 2019 or 18? That's correct. Okay. That's 35 years. That's right. Yes. You're a faithful church member. So what does it take to endure a life in ministry? And what I think is just kind of beautiful about those things that I just mentioned, we see people these days and they're kind of hoppers. We're church hoppers, we're ministry yeah. hoppers, we're <laughs> uh, job hoppers, but this is faithful. Yeah. So faithful in your ministry, faithful in your job, um, faithful in your church. So what has it that allows you to endure in faith in these areas of your life? Well, you know, I, I, my immediate response is going to sound like uh, I'm a Sunday school teacher <laughs> teaching sixth graders. But the reality is there's sort of a, a baseline when it comes to faithfulness. And, and there really are three areas that I would say that I, I think if we have committed our lives to Christ, we hear this over and over again. But I think one of the reasons we hear it so much is because we don't do it. And, and so the first one I would simply say is we need to know the one we serve. Yeah. Um, we need to know Christ. I mean, it, it's not a surprise that near the end of his ministry in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter three, what does Paul say he wants? I want to know Christ. Hmm. And when you read that, you think, wait a minute, Paul, you know Christ, right? No, I want to know Christ. He's God. So the knowing is limitless. Yes. So yes. we need to know Christ. And uh, Jesus himself in his high priestly prayer in John 17 says the same thing. This is eternal life. That they know you, Father, and they know the one you sent. So first and foremost, we need to know the living word. And we get to know the living word by first and foremost, knowing the written word. You know, it's funny. (laughs) Obviously, again, if you've been raised in the church, you've been beaten over the head with the importance of the word of God. And, you know... At age 69, I see the Word of God is more important every single day. Mm. Why? Because by mining the Word of God, I get to know more about the one I serve. One of the things I, I, I remember this anecdote, it's crystal clear like it, like it happened yesterday. I was, it was Christmas break, my freshman year at the University of Michigan, and I remember I had a bunch of books I had to read in preparation for the second semester. I brought them home. Uh, along with some other books that I had read in the first semester. And I really did this, one, because it was an assignment, but two, because I wanted to really show off to my parents (laughs) just how smart their son was. (laughs) And so um, I I brought these books home, and I remember sitting around the dinner table talking to them about all these books I was reading, political science and history books and everything. And they're listening to me, and they're listening, and they're and, and in response, they go, Harold, we're so proud of you. We love you. We're glad that you're enjoying your studies. And then after the conversation, my father looked at me. He said, son, I'm very proud of you. I love you. But you need to understand, and I knew where he was going. There's really only one book you need to know, hmm. and that's the Bible. And I remember rolling my eyes thinking, okay, Dad, that's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know what? 51 years later, my father was right. Mm. It's not to say that my reading has been worthless. It hasn't. 
And obviously, God uses the words of others, uses the podcasts of others to encourage and to motivate us. Mm. But the bottom line is this. They cannot replace the word of God. Not at all. And so we have to mind the word. And, you know, it's hard because we obviously are busy people. We're being accosted by every form of media. We're taking in those messages. And over time, we simply don't have time to mind the word of God, which means our eyes are off of Christ and onto the gods of the culture. So, you know, if we're seeking endurance, we can only endure by drawing on the power of the one who was resurrected. Hmm. And we can't do that unless we mind the word of God. And then lastly, I would say, and again, this is sort of the trifecta, the foundational trifecta. I think we have to spend uh, a lot of time in prayer, asking God to open his word to us, asking God to help us know his son more and more every day. I think concerted times of prayer, all of these are non-negotiable. We need time to pray. So, you know, we've heard it so many times. It's like it's in one year and out the other. But one of the things that I've learned, especially over my time as president and CEO in the last 12 plus years at CT, if I didn't have that, I would have never survived. And uh, because it's at those moments, I can actually sit across the table, figuratively speaking, look at my Lord talk to my Lord and listen to my Lord and realize he is with me. That's so good. So um, those are the three I would start off with in terms of just how, you know, not only however faithful I've been, but how anyone who seeks to be faithful can, can remain faithful beginning with those three things. That's so good. And so helpful. It's been encouraging to hear. Um, again, this is a podcast, so I'm talking to s- several people, and everyone keeps talking about the power of God in His Word, through His Word. And um, yeah. it's just, it's been a sweet, sweet reminder. And something that you said um, that we will be learning about Him for eternity. And and I think, um, especially, I don't know if this is a young Christian, <laughs> youthful zeal. I think some people, they are trying to gain theological knowledge and, and maybe even be almost like you, you with your, um, I'm going to use the term secular, but your mm-hmm. political books or whatnot, um, kind of like, see how smart I am. But the more I dive into the word, the more I realize how much I don't know and how exciting it is that we're going to just continue to know and grow and learn. And um, and so it just is more proof that there's just listening to you, that there's more to mine, there's more to learn. And Yeah. And, and there's an attitude here, Trillia, uh, and it's one that actually I've spent the la- my retirement which is only five months long now, (laughs) but really trying to meditate on. And it's the whole idea of, you know, dying to self, you know, when when Christ himself says in Luke, you know, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? That is a profound Christ serving Christ following attitude that I think we all have to have. If we are going to persevere, if we are going to endure and what that does is we've really cast off our old self. Yeah, We're in it for Christ and for him alone. And that is so countercultural. 
we don't endure because, like I said earlier, we don't know the one we serve. And uh, consequently, we're desperate. We're human beings. We're desperate for God. So we look for other gods that are in the culture. The problem is, obviously, they're bankrupt. Yeah. And uh, we, they will not help us endure. They might for a short time. We'll get a buzz over something or, you know, we'll feel good about X, Y, or Z. But eventually that fades. It has no eternal significance. And that's one of the great challenges. It's one of the great, it's one of the great lies of Satan, of course. And I think we have to always go back and, and daily in our prayer life simply say, Lord, help me. Help me stay focused on you. Help me die to myself yeah. and rise in you. And so I, again, it's, it's not one of those things you do once and you forget about it. I actually think Absolutely. you should do that on a daily basis. Not that you're asking Christ into your life on a daily basis. You're simply saying, no, Lord, I've asked you into my life. Now by your spirit, help me die to myself. Help me see only you. And it's obviously, it's hard. And um, especially, you know, when you, sometimes you're in a position where people are coming to you and say, oh, man, that, that article was great. Or, you know, you're doing a great job. And, you know, okay, that's all nice. And it's not that you can't say some of those things. But one of the dangers is you start listening to those things. You think, you know, I am somebody. <laughs> yeah. I am great. Uh, you know, I, I can do this. And one of the great things God showed me at Christianity Today, especially as president and CEO, uh, and maybe we can go into a little more detail on this, is he literally brought me to my knees. And he said, and basically out of that, I realized, you know, this ministry and this walk is not about me. Yeah. It's all about him. So will I trust him to do the right things through me to his honor and glory? And so, uh, I mean, it's humbling. I, I, the other thing, you know, I, I referenced the culture's desire to have things now. I think for Christians, that's one of the challenges that has been forever in the church and that is, you know, the perception that once you say yes to Jesus, life is hunky-dory. Um, everything's smooth. It's smooth as silk. Well, obviously, you just need to know two or three other believers to realize that's not the case. Right. And so, uh, we, again, by mining the Word of God to listening to other saints, we realize that, you know, it's the cliche again, this is a marathon, not a sprint, and that it's fraught full of pain and difficulty. I'm reading Pilgrim's Progress right now. One of the great things about that book is, again, the challenges that Christian faces as he seeks to walk Christ to the end. So, um, again, we only are aware of that if we are going to be faithful in reading the Word and talking to God in prayer and by getting our heads and hearts by the Spirit's leading around who he is, the one we follow. Mm, amen to that. I, I think, um, I think you're right. There is something when you come to faith, and I think it's. I call it our hashtag blessed culture. Oh, I'm blessed by this hashtag blessed, and yeah, yeah. yeah. When, but, but the reality is, is that we are going to live a life, and at some point we are going to suffer, and the scriptures yeah. don't mince words about it. He says we are going to suffer, and um, yeah. and thankfully we aren't alone in our suffering. And we see us we have a Jesus who was a man of sorrow. So and um, yeah, and so we 
he relates to our suffering and to our pain. And so I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, I mean, the reality is it goes back to Christ. I mean, um, what we have to do to endure, uh, whether it's our own pain and suffering or to endure the, the political morass that we might find ourselves in right now or whatever, is we have to stay fixed and focused on Christ. And, um, you know, he, he was and is a man of sorrows. Of course, he's a man of, you know, he's sitting with the Father. Um, and, and yet he knows what we're going through. He has experienced what we are going through. Uh, he faced temptation. He, he faced, obviously, the cross. And I, I take, you know, great, great comfort in that. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, I pray that, you know, as, as we endure, we continue, like the Apostle Paul, to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection. Yes. So what would you tell a young Christian? Um, and, and it sounds like I, I could almost say, you probably tell him everything you just said. But what would you tell a young Christian about endurance and perseverance? And something that yeah. we're seeing right now, um, we're seeing people who are falling away from the faith, who are, are denouncing yeah, their right. faith, renouncing their faith, whatever. Yeah, the, right. And they're yeah. saying that they no longer believe. So how can you encourage endurance? Yeah, you know, um, in light of, I mean, obviously, in addition to the three things I, I referenced a moment ago, I, I, first of all, I, I really would pray for not just, you know, I mean, young believers, young leaders, uh, that they find women and men that uh, they can come alongside yeah. and uh, basically befriend, uh, not as a project, but as an opportunity to hear their stories of faith, to find somebody who can uh, pray with them, to mentor them, if at all possible. Uh, it's interesting. I um, Shortly before I retired, I was actually approached by another organization and asked if I would consider being their chief executive officer. I about passed out when they said that. I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm finishing this gig. Let me have a few months to rest. Yes. But I told them I'd pray about it, but I said, I, I'm going to pray for 24 hours. So I said, that's it. And I asked God for an answer. Well, 24 hours later, it was clear. God did not want me to take this position. And I heard him say this. He said, Harold, I, I don't want you to lead. I want you to come alongside. And I thought, I told that to Judy, and I said, I, I think I know what that means, but God's going to have to expound on that. So I, I went to the individual who had approached me. I said, no, I can't do it because I'm called to come alongside. It's a true story. <laughs> Within 24 hours, I had four young ministry leaders. Okay, we're talking, I'm guessing in their 30s, maybe early 40s, who are leading significant ministries come to me out of the blue and say, can I talk to you? Hmm. Can I simply talk to you? And as we talked, you know, it was about everything, about mistakes they've made, about not having time with uh, their family, with uh, yada, yada, yada. All, I shouldn't say that. All of the things that are critically important and all pieces of the endurance that we must bear as we seek to walk and witness to Christ. Hmm. So uh, I do think that, you know, for some of your older listeners, I think they too need to be praying. That's Who good. Who can I come alongside? Again, not as a project, but as a co-laborer. 
somebody that I can take my experience, my pains, my heartache, and sort of pour those into a, a young man, a young woman, and say, look, you're not alone. I'll walk with you. And I think that can be critically, critically important. So I, I think the mentor piece is is huge uh, when it comes to kind of surviving um, the walk of Christ. And the other thing I would say is the power of story. And of course, part of mentoring is story, but the power of story. So, I, you know, identifying books, um, individuals, uh, even reading magazine articles, uh, of, of stories of um, individuals who have fought a good fight, who have run or are running the race effectively. So, um, you know, it's a deep encouragement. And I realized as I was thinking about this podcast, God has graced my life with a myriad mentors literally all through my life, hmm. uh, predominantly men, but there were women as well. Of course, most notably, my dear wife, Judy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she has poured herself into me, even as I've tried to pour myself into her. And I've watched her walk Christ. And I've been encouraged by her. She's mm. motivated me and encouraged, especially in the dark times at CT, when the economy tanked, publishing tanked. And frankly, we didn't know if there would be a tomorrow. Yeah. And yet Judy was there, and I had other mentors there who were praying, were literally surrounding me with the word and encouraging me not to look at myself, but to look at Christ. If he had called me, he will then use me, and he did. So getting those individuals, and then in addition to that, and, and as an outgrowth of that, identifying with a body of believers is huge. Yes. And you're right. We kind of flit around. I, I, and, and again, that's a very selfish thing to do. We're looking for what's right for us. And, and sometimes there may be ministries you need to attach to that one church might have, another church might not. But you need the commitment to a body of believers. Again, to hear their stories, to see how they are making their way in Christ. And it's a deep encouragement. And, of course, you hear the Word of God preached. So all of those things can help you endure. Mm. So uh, I would add those to knowing the one we serve, knowing his written word, and having a life of prayer. Amen. Gosh, I think um, mentoring has been something so important in my own life, just receiving mm-hmm. mentorship. So I'm glad that you you kind of changed that question and challenged the older generation instead, because it's it's mm-hmm. so encouraging when someone reaches out to you to who would want to come alongside you and help and encourage your faith. And I know I've reached out to older um, men and women to ask for advice and counsel and prayer. Yeah. And and so I, I just, I'm really grateful for that call, that call that you just, you called um, people to. Yeah, you know, yeah it's interesting. I mean, I still meet um, somewhat regularly with an 89-year-old, a dear saint mm-hmm. who just speaks wisdom. And I listen to him, plus my, my predecessors at CT, they speak wisdom. So I listen to them. Um, so, um yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely key uh, to the race we're running. 
Mm. Well, we have only a few minutes left, which I hate because this has been so great and I could just keep going and going. So thank you for sharing with us. Is there any last minute hope, gospel hope, encouragement that you'd like to share? (laughs) Well, you know, I I would just say uh, I'm starting to repeat myself, but obviously as we look to our Lord, I I love, you know, obviously his high priestly prayer in John uh, 17. But there's a verse in there that really should motivate us. I mean, it all should motivate us. But when he says, uh, I think it's verse four, when he says, you know, I have glorified you on earth. He's talking to the father. I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Meditate on that verse. I I have, you know, I have the opportunity, like my Lord, to glorify God by accomplishing the work he has given uniquely to me. So how do I know that work? Well, again, I have to step back and uh, it's that him, you know, have thine own way. I have to step back quiet and listen to his voice and get a sense with the gifts that he's given me and then making sure that I don't use those gifts for myself mm-hmm. or for my own acclaim but pour those gifts out to his honor and glory. And as I've seen time and time again, uh, he shocked me with that. I mean, frankly, Trillia, the fact that I was CT president and CEO for 12 and a half years stuns me. Hmm. It was not a call I wanted. It was not a call I thought I could fulfill at all. I didn't think I had the wherewithal to do it. But God called me. And guess what? God supplied. Mm, so I look at that and I just think, and then, you know, and then even in retirement, periodically I have my doubts, God, what are you up to? And I think, wait a minute, stop. And that's when we look back that we see God's hand on our life again and again and again. He is faithful. He so is. my prayer for all those listening, certainly my prayer for me and Jude, is that, you know, we would glorify God by our witness here on earth and by accomplishing the work that he is uniquely given to the two of us. And with that, amen. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure, Julia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Stories of Sacred Endurance. If you are enjoying it, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That will help more people discover and hopefully be encouraged by this podcast. And be sure to pick up a copy of my new book, Sacred Endurance, from InterVarsity Press. InterVarsity Press is offering podcast listeners 30% off the book through March 2020. Go to ivypress.com and use the code SACRED30 for 30% off and free shipping on your copy of Sacred Endurance. Thanks for listening.